You're listening to All Things Relax with Sandy D. Inspiring women to relax, rejuvenate, and find their inner zen. Here's your host, Sandy D. Hello and welcome to our show. Before thinking about what topic to talk about today, I decided to pull one of the affirmation cards from the downloadable fire affirmation cards I recently added to my Find Your Inner Zen digital bundle. I pulled the beautiful card that I created that reads, I believe in myself and my power. So let's talk about believing in yourself and your power. To do so takes confidence. But many of us need to overcome self-doubt and fear in order to be more confident. I've been taking a a confidence coaching course through Transformation Academy. The instructors are a a power couple, Joelle and Natalie. They're the rare power couple who don't make me feel uncomfortable. What I mean by that is they seem authentic and real, not one of those plastic types um, of power couple. Anyway, also, let me just go on a quick digression. This past weekend, I attended Simply Bentley's Summer Self-Care Summit. I also presented as well. One of the common themes throughout the sessions was the power of journaling. And many of us um, are self-professed journal hoarders. (laughs) Yes, I am one. (laughs) So um, on that note, I'm going to suggest you might want to just pull out a journal and work through um, this episode, which is going to be about building self-confidence. And a lot of this is inspired by um, the confidence coaching course that I'm working through. Note that I am not a therapist or medical professional. So if for any reason these questions trigger any kind of anxiety or um, stress or any underlying psychological issues, please seek professional help. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen to you, but if that does, please do so. Uh, so, you know, often we lack self-confidence because we don't think we're good enough or we don't think we're competent to help overcome self-doubt. Answer these questions. So here you go, put your journal time. <laughs> what are your three greatest strengths? What's one of the biggest challenges you've overcome in your life? How are you able to overcome that challenge? So, for example, for myself, I would say um, my biggest strengths would be I am tenacious, persistent. (laughs) Um, What else? I love learning. And I just love learning about different cultures. Those could be, you know, some of my biggest strengths. And one of the biggest challenges that I had to overcome in life was um, overcoming issues with um, uh, infertility stuff. And how did I overcome that challenge? Actually, I had to seek a second medical opinion because if I had stuck with the original doctor, I still would not have children today. (laughs) I could do a whole episode on that. That's just like a, an example, you know, there could be, well, I could, I could probably write a book on those three questions alone. <laughs> so the next time you feel overwhelmed, what you're supposed to do is think back to a time when you overcame like a big challenge, remind yourself, you always find a solution. 
Um, and there's like someone out there, I think it's Marie Forleo. I don't know how to pronounce her name, Forleo or somebody. I think she wrote a book. It's called like everything is figure outable. And that's kind of like the latest thing that's going out there. You can, you can figure things out. Now for this next section, you're going to want to take time to like brain dump as much as possible. And so here are the prompts to put, you know, you know, you can journal on this or, you know, if you don't like journaling or writing, you could also just do like an audio recording or video, right? So here, here are the prompts. Make a list of things you are most passionate about. Now, I got to say, sometimes, especially when you become a mom, you kind of lose track of who you are and your identity. And sometimes that just that question alone can trigger some anxiety because you're like, what is it that I really enjoy? Or what do I, you know, you kind of lose sight because you're so busy nurturing others. So take time to really sit with that question and make a list of the things that you're most passionate about, even if it's stuff that you currently don't have time to do. What unusual skills do you have that make you unique? Now you might say, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing unique about me. Yes, everybody has something, some special talent. There's some unusual skill. There is something that makes you unique. So think about that. What are you most proud of in your life? In what ways, or maybe give some examples of how you have made a difference in someone else's life. Now, if you feel you still need w- more work in that area, or you know maybe you're just not at that stage in life where you've gotten to this point, think about how you would like to make a positive impact on others moving forward. Next is, what are some things that people frequently compliment you on? So for example, for myself, I don't know if they compliment me on, well, they do sometimes. Um, I'm actually known for being able to get along with just about anybody. <laughs> and I'm also throughout my career, I've been known for being able to get along with difficult people for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because I take the time to listen. I don't know. So yeah, so think about what are some things that people frequently compliment you are. And I don't mean like necessarily superficial things, but actually, you know, it could be like, it could be like, oh, you're a great, you know, dresser that could just say that you have a really great sense of style. You know, that's fine. But just think about what kinds of things are people frequently complimenting you on? Because that would be um, pointing towards your strengths or what you're good at. And then think about what do you really like about yourself? So for example, for myself, I really like the fact that I love to learn and that um, I get really excited about learning like languages. And I really like the fact that I was able to become fluent in French, not just French, French, (laughs) but other variations of French. So French from France, Quebecois, and being able to speak to other French speakers around the world. It has really opened doors for me. Um, So that's just one example. And then what areas of your life do you feel most confident about? Now, remember when you're doing this, dig deeper. Don't just scratch the surface. You might find some resistance when you're, you know, trying to dig deeper. 
And again, as I mentioned uh, just a short time ago, if you're not someone who enjoys writing, like if this whole idea of using these as journal prompts just doesn't speak to you, you again, you can like maybe just like make an audio recording of yourself or you can record a video. Do whatever works for you. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, let's talk about overcoming self-doubt and understanding the self-doubt habit loop. Are you a life coach? Hi, I'm Sandy D, queen of podcasts and, and I'm an introvert with a capital I. By launching my podcast, I overcame my fear of public speaking and stepped into my power to share other women's inspiring stories. Starting your podcast is a great way to connect with your audience and attract your dream clients. I've created the Introvert's Guide to Rocking Your Podcast eCourse, where you will get in the right mindset to find your star power and rock your podcast. Visit allthingsrockstudios.com and sign up today. You have a voice and it deserves to be heard. So let's talk about the self-doubt habit loop. It looks something like this. You overthink things, then you doubt yourself. And that just come, becomes like a constant um, loop of self-doubt. It just kind of circles back, circles back. Now to shift from self-doubt to confidence, you need to change your behavior and you need to take action to build that self-confidence. To stop the loop, it really helps you understand that there are four types of self-doubt and identify like which, um, which trap or traps you commonly get stuck in. It could be more than one. And then take action to rewire your brain and step into your confidence self. So the first type of doubt is what we call hesitation. Hesitation is triggered by uncertainty and it manifests itself as overthinking and perfectionism. So, for example, not putting something out until it's perfect. And yes, I can totally relate to that. Um, but to my defense, <laughs> I started my living as a quality assurance editor and then again as a senior editor where it was my job to ensure the information was accurate. So, but still, uh, sometimes I kind of uh, have that bleed into the personal life and not just, you know, the professional life. And that's where it can become a problem. Or maybe um, it manifests itself as like, you like to make plans, but you don't act on it. So anybody out there is a planner hoarder. Um, at one point in life, I used to buy all these pretty little planners, but then it's kind of funny because I'm kind of one of those um, people who's like in between the paper and the digital age. So I love to journal and I love paper, but when it comes to planning, I don't know why I'll, you know, I can write stuff down in a planner, but don't, don't rely on me to like constantly look at it and remember stuff. I, I really prefer to like be able to, first of all, to remember it. But if not, uh, I think digital is really working better for me. But anyway, I digress. Um, the thing is, is if you tend to just make a lot of plans, but then you're not actually implementing them then that's, you know, a sign that you've got this type of doubt called um, hesitation. Or like if you're just too busy all the time to avoid um, dealing with something you don't want to do, 
Like for example, for myself, that translates often to letting like stacks of paper pile up on the dining room table. Um, yeah, that reminds me so much. I remember my grandmother's uncle Joe used to talk about, he used to make a joke about how every like surface available had like stacks of paper or stacks or something on top of it. He used to joke around about that. So maybe I inherited that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, pull out your journal again now and ask yourself these questions. What do you tend to do when you hesitate? And what things do you do to avoid taking action? What kinds of things do you tend to overthink? Then take some baby steps, like write down one thing that matters to you and like one thing you can do to move forward. So for example, like for myself, I've got like several book ideas kind of um, percolating in my head. And instead of saying to myself, I'm too tired, I'm too busy to write. Um, what I can do is set a timer for like 15 or 20 minutes and just commit to writing for a very short period of time. So, you know, maybe focus on writing just a few paragraphs, not the entire book, not even in an entire chapter. And it's kind of funny. I was talking to my uh, younger son um, just the other day. Um, what was he writing? He was writing like a job application letter or something, and he was trying to figure out how to start it. And I actually told him, I said, you know what? Here's my biggest tip for writing things. Start in the middle <laughs> and then circle back and then put your introductory like paragraph in there. So short tip there. Anyway, the next type of doubt that Joelle and Natalie talk about is called hiding. And hiding is triggered by a fear of others and by overwhelm. So hiding will manifest itself as procrastination, shrinking back, Staying behind the scenes. So, for example, like not standing up for yourself or um, not asking for what you want, you know, like uh, not asking for that pay raise or promotion you think you deserve. Or maybe it's shrinking back from opportunity and just like playing it small. Now, you know, women are often conditioned from a very early age to play it small. So it's something to work on. Or maybe you're like afraid of being judged, upsetting others, or um, just like looking like a fool. To work through this, figure out what it is you're afraid of and minimize the fear. So pull out that journal again, if you'd like, and reflect on these questions. In what areas do you tend to hide or procrastinate? What's the fear that causes it? Why does... This thinking um, you're scared of matter. Like, does it actually matter? And what can you do? What do you do when you procrastinate? Like, so if, it, you know, for example, this is something I have heard many people say, especially during the pandemic, is, uh, you know, turning on Netflix and binge watching maybe a series or something. <laughs> Next time you go to do that, I'm saying not to do it. That's definitely a form of self care is to just, chill out and relax. But the next time you do it, think about, is there something like you're avoiding there? Is, is there a reason? Like, is there something you're not doing by doing that? Just think about that. And so, yeah, that's the next you know, question is, you know, what do you actually want to do that, that you're not doing? <laughs> what is a big dream you use to overwhelm yourself and avoid taking action? 
and then break that big dream down into actionable steps and like list out five or 10 sub goals or steps. Take a small step each day towards that big dream. So like for myself, my big dream really would be to have a situation where I am location independent and my biggest dream in the world would be to live somewhere outside the U.S. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you know, where's that lavender field in France? Hello. <laughs> um, if you need some more help, though, with working through procrastination or any other blocks that kind of come up, I highly recommend Rebecca Force You Unleash program uh, because it really helped me work through uh, visibility blocks. Or um, if you've got a fear of public speaking, and you want to develop the confidence it takes, for example, to start a podcast. Um, I created a course that's called The Introvert's Guide to Rocking Your Podcast. And in there, I cover mindset and other tools that will help you overcome self-doubt um, as far as you know, public speaking is concerned and kick your anxiety about that to the curb. And my producer, G, is going to like show you the technical tools and tips if um, you get like, overwhelmed by tech. If that's what's stopping you for from you know starting a podcast, um, you need that course. <laughs> anyway, sorry to digress, um, but let's take another really short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the next type of doubt, and it's called hypercritical. Thank you for taking time to listen to my show. Join me and other listeners over in the All Things Relax Studios Facebook community, where you can share your story and connect with like-minded, inspiring, and creative women. I'd love to hear your aha moments from the show over there. Join the Facebook group at All Things Relax Studios. Okay, so let's talk about the next type of doubt, and it's called hypercritical. This is triggered by a fear, either of being hurt, disappointed, or fear of failing. And it's an area where I admit I am still struggling. I'm still a work in progress. And signs of being hypercritical include like arguing against yourself, being self-critical. So think like inner critic or your inner bully, as uh, my friend Rebecca says, complaining. Just think it's like the negative Nancy, right? Examples would include looking for or focusing on flaws. Yeah, I'm guilty as charged. But again, you know, that used to be my job to find, like pick apart and find things that were wrong. I literally, I was a quality assurance editor and it was not only like finding issues with like the English, like the grammar and stuff. It was also back in the day, like actually testing software. So um, I kind of used to get, I used to get paid for that. <laughs> but it becomes problematic when you're doing that, again, as I said earlier, in all areas of your life. Um, or it's also manifested by, like, you're focusing on why you can't do something or you fixate on, like, what could go wrong. Now, when I, like, fixating on what could go wrong, I don't mean the healthy, like, running through and trying to do risk assessment and risk management where it's like, okay, Let's have like plan A and plan B type things or, you know, what could go wrong and how can we mitigate that risk? Um, it's more like you just keep fixating on it and then you don't take action, right? Believing that you can't or like something just is impossible. 
So you're going to want to ask yourself these questions. What excuses do you tend to use to not do stuff? What are you afraid might happen? And how can you eliminate this possibility? Decide for yourself that you're going to take massive action for a certain time period. So, for example, Joel and um, Natalie in the Transformation Academy in the course, they talk about like if somebody always wanted to start a business, but they don't. And they give like the three different options, like either they just go out and find like a job for someone else or I forget what the other options are. But the last option um, that they give is like set aside a time period and say, I'm going to start you know, this business for a certain period of time and then reevaluate, reassess. That's just, you know, one example. So now let's see, last but not least, as far as like the types of doubt, we've got something called helplessness. So when I hear that word, I think like damsel in distress, Um, but it's a trigger by low self-worth and a fear of success, believe it or not. And it manifests itself often by like playing the victim or blaming others or a lack of self-trust, or just an overall defeatist attitude. So think like, you know, ongoing pity party in your head here. For example, your inner critic might say, oh yeah, nothing ever goes my way. Um, I know there was a time for myself when I used to always think, I never win anything. It's kind of funny because as I started doing the inner work, it was really weird. All of a sudden I started like winning stuff. It was the strangest thing. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I guess you really can with through inner work. You can really make things change. <laughs> um, or like a helplessness might manifest itself as uh, like you've got an underlying feeling of anger at being expected to be responsible and self-approving when you're trying to get the approval and attention that you never got as a child. So there again, um, That would be indicative of you need to do some inner work there. Um, Having a a false sense of incompetence. um, I'm happy to say for me, that has not been something that I've um, had a struggle with, thankfully. Um, But I do know that there are people out there who struggle with that. And that's got to be tough. That has got to be tough to constantly have that false sense of you're not, you know, good enough and, and that you're incompetent. And that's really sad. I've worked, I have worked with people um, in the past who, who feel that way. And as a colleague, I've had to like, let them know, no, you can do this. And to reassure them that they could. Um, blaming others or the outside world for all outcomes in life is another sign of um, uh, having that type of doubt called helplessness. And then there is the fear of success, which is due to a fear that if you succeed on your own, you'll lose the support of others. So, you know, it's kind of funny. We often laugh when people say, oh, yeah, it's fear of success. It's a real thing because people feel like, oh, if you if you do well and you don't need others, then they're not going to be behind you anymore. They're not going to you know, be your cheerleaders or be in your squad or whatever. Um, It's a legit thing. (laughs) So ask yourself these questions. In what areas in life do you feel helpless in? So for me, for example, usually it's anything that's remotely mechanical or kind of requires physical dexterity. 
So like um, often I will reach out to my older son and ask him to fix stuff. Um, he's, he's been really helpful. Like stuff from like, I don't know, installing one of those keyless entry pads on the front door. So we don't have to remember keys um, or even simple stuff. <laughs> Hate to admit it, but when he was a small kid, especially I used to ask him, Hey, can you untangle the wires like to my headphones for my, you know, so I could listen to music. <laughs> Um, cause he had the patience to do that too. I just didn't, <laughs> uh, for each area, reflect on what you believe about yourself or these areas that makes you feel helpless. Now ask yourself, who are you dependent on? Who do you show your helpless self to? So it might be your partner. It could be your child. It could be a parent, maybe a sibling or a coworker, could be a friend. Um, you know, there's many, many people there. And for each person, just reflect on what type of helper are they? Are they a fixer? Are they a rescuer? Are they the advice giver, an enabler, a caretaker, or a guru? And reflect on which issues do you focus on with each person? And ask yourself, what are you afraid of that causes you to not want to take responsibility? And what is it that you'll lose if you are self-sufficient? And how can you see that the opposite is true? Reflect on, you know, how you are capable of taking responsibility for yourself. And like write down a few examples to prove to yourself that you can do it. And in what areas could you take more responsibility for if you took small steps to improve? So. Yeah, for myself, um, like I just said, it's definitely like all things that are kind of mechanical um, type of things. I still rely on my son for a lot of that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's somewhere I could definitely work on. Um, and then Joelle and Natalie then talk about as part of sort of overcoming the lack of confidence. Um, as far as within that framework of like, especially for the type that's like the helplessness ones, they're talking about developing self-love, but actually that really applies for everything I would say. So like deepening self-love, um, think about what self-care activities make you happy and help you relax and then schedule time for uh, self-care. So just a quick note, like you can get my building your self-care toolkit if you get the find your inner Zen digital bundle and I actually have a whole bunch of exercises that help you um, brainstorm like what self-care activities do make you happy. And you create like what I call a self-care menu, because if you have to like think of it on the fly, it can be hard, but if you prepare it ahead of time, then you can kind of pick an item off the menu, so to speak. Um, and we've got a lot of other cool things in that workbook too. It's a, a really cool workbook that you print out and um and uh go through and let's see let's continue here we're almost done <laughs> um set a small goal so if you like catch yourself reaching out to someone else to tell you like what to do or to do it for you so you know you're in helplessness mode stop yourself and then exhaust all options Try to do it yourself first, okay? Um, so this is like, if you like typically like just 
you know, run to like, I don't know, somebody in particular always to help you with something, maybe stop and pause and think, is it something you can figure out yourself? Um, I often see this in the workplace where there's usually the go-to person and people will go to them instead of doing research. And in the past, I used to work in a place where I was the team leader. What I would do is I'm always, I always want to help people, but I also sort of subscribe to what is it if um, that cliche, it's like instead of like um, giving them the fish, teach them how to fish. So I always, especially if like time is, you know, time is permitting, I always prefer to show people how they can find the answer themselves. Because what if like I, you know, weren't there that day? How would they find the answer? So I like to empower people and show them, hey, this is where you would look for that answer or this is who else you could ask. You know, for example, sometimes there is something you really legit can't do that you have to reach out to, I don't know, the department or something. But I like to empower people and show them how to how to do it. And then um, celebrate your wins. Do something fun. So um, that's it. Those were the four types of doubt. So when you work through those, you know, figure out like which ones apply to you and work through maybe more than one. Um, And, you know, be patient with yourself. Don't expect that you're going to change overnight. It's a it's a gradual process. But as you work through doubt, the opposite of doubt is going to be confidence. So you'll build your confidence. Um, I'm really interested in hearing, you know, what areas you may be struggling with and um, definitely interested in hearing if you did the exercises and what you discovered about yourself. So feel free to send me a DM over on Instagram at All Things Relax Studios. Um, or you can join our Facebook group. Uh, also, it's All Things Relax Studios. And feel free to either post in the group or you can message me, whichever works for you. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate your support. Ciao. You have been listening to All Things Relax with Sandy D. Inspiring women to relax, rejuvenate, and find their inner zen. Check out our blog at allthingsrelaxstudios.com and follow us on Instagram at allthingsrelaxstudios.com. Until next time.